Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about silence. Are you Chris was that was that too silent for you it's a little too silent for me um are you panicking you know, spiraling a little bit I am spiraling a little bit but uh I'll get back on the I'll get back on the train here just so we can record this episode so let's get okay. to it let's start talking up a storm so you don't you know just crumble into pieces right here well I've put myself back together again I, I did crumble momentarily into pieces but um thankfully just the echo of my own voice in this office is saving me it's not fully silent, but but that moment, that moment for me was uh, was dastardly. It was it was it was a lot. It was a lot to consider. Harrowing, one might say. Harrowing, indeed, indeed. <laughs> but um, thankfully, I've come back and returned from it. And in general, I'm feeling good again. But the the real question is, uh, how are you feeling on a scale of one to inside a panic vortex? Where are you falling on that scale today? I'm gonna say four because. Overall, like zero thoughts of panic, like I'm in a good mindset, but today was one of those days where I just like woke up and had that physical sensation of anxiety just like present in my body without like any idea why. It's like that meme that's like anxiety. I'm nervous. Brain. About what? I'm nervous. About what? You know, and it's just back and forth and it's like there's literally no reason why you're nervous. I was basically just that meme today. So yeah, you know, four, four is about, is about where I'd put it. How about you, Chris? How are you doing today on a scale of one, two panic vortex? <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good, actually. I, I think it's funny the way you described that. I hadn't really uh, heard that before, but it makes a lot of sense when you, it's almost like the reverse, like where you wake up or or you feel panicked and then you search for the thing you're panicked about, <laughs> you know, and you're yeah. like, you're like, you feel panicked. And you're like, wait, why am I worried? It's like, oh, why am I in default worry mode? Yeah, I feel like I woke up today being objectively like everything is all right. But then at the same time, I also felt like, be terrified. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> There's like an insidious thing in your ear that's like, why? Be worried, Allison. Be very worried. Exactly. Like something's yeah. not right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I t- to get back to... So yours truly, yeah, feeling pretty good today, actually. I can't really complain. I, I think I'm excited to head into the weekend. It was a good week. I mean, first and foremost, we released this podcast to the public and, you know, we were both anxious about it, let's be honest. And it has been received so well just to see continued feedback on that is amazing. So I'm feeling good about that. I also launched another project and um, in truth, I mean, these projects, I, I've tethered myself to these projects because I know that they're good for me during this time when, when I'm stuck at home and it's given me a lot of purpose. Again, as per the same for every week, Monday and Tuesday seem to be a little bit difficult for me. Wednesday, I kind of got over the hump and, and today I'm feeling pretty good. So I, I honestly would say I'm feeling like a two today. I, I feel good. Ooh. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Setting it's exciting. the record here, Chris. 
I know, I know, I know. I mean, it's, I guess it's a good thing we don't record on Mondays because I'd be like, I'm a 17. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it truly would not make a difference if we recorded on Mondays because I have zero awareness of what day of the week it is, period. So, you know, but you, yeah. I think, have a little more structure to your life. Yes. Um, maybe out of necessity more than it, anything it, else. I mean, well, necessity is, is kind of subjective, but it, <laughs> I, I, for me, I've created necessity out of it. I mean, I have, to put it in perspective, I have, you know, yeah, I've I mentioned this before, but I have my whiteboard with my daily goals, and then I have a monthly calendar beside that, and then a yearly calendar inside the cupboard that's behind me. Oh my God, that terrifies me. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, That's it's a lot yeah, of accountability. Lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It's a lot. I'm I've kind of like created a system where like I've created my own checks and balances that are sometimes I drown in them, but but usually I can surf. <laughs> yeah. I was writing my to-do list today and in my head I was like, okay, I know that you're only supposed to pick like three big things that you want to get done in a day. So I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna do that, but times four because I have four projects that are my main projects right now. So I like I wrote it all out. I very like carefully grouped them in threes because that was very pleasing to my anxious brain this morning. And then of course, what do you know? Like I did like actually only three of the things because that's like a normal amount of things to do in a day. <laughs> but you know, there's like there's like morning ambitious Allison. Well, there's okay, there's like morning dead Allison where it's like I take two hours to boot up in the morning like a old computer that you've just like blown the dust off of and turned on or <laughs> shocked it still works that's me in the morning and then there's like morning ambitious allison which is after like cup one and a half of coffee and i'm like okay here's all the things i can do in the day and then there's like midday realizing that that was way too much allison and then there's seven o'clock don't give a fuck the day is done allison and you always get seven o'clock, Allison. That's the thing when we record these podcasts because just the nature of the time difference. I am here in Sofia. Chris is in Toronto, and this is kind of the best time that works for us. So you're always getting me a little bit loosey goosey, usually quite caffeinated. So I, I mean, for what it's worth, I like seven o'clock, Allison. Pretty great. Yeah. Well, it's actually nine o'clock, Allison, right now. True. Kind of crazy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I can tell time. Um, yeah, so it's nine o'clock, nine o'clock, Allison. Yeah, yeah, it's funny how that works. I mean, I often create to-do lists where yeah, I'll get through a half and then there's just a voice in my head and it's like, Chris, when you were writing this list, did, did you think you had a clone? I, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. You know, like where's, where's second and third, Chris? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I actually, I find that's a, it's a good system for me to, to overshoot. And it used to be that I would be really hard on myself for not finishing certain things on the list. And, and Bree's been pretty good about being like, Chris, like you've got up at like eight, you've checked emails, meditated, stretched, and then worked diligently for like five hours straight, barely eating lunch. It's like, what more could you expect of yourself? <laughs> and, and it's just like, this is a fair point, you know, yeah. um, but I'm also getting better at not, not just working for forever you know taking those breaks because it you know we've talked about this before but it, it is important you're, you're not going to get the most out of your brain if you're constantly revving your engine at full blast you need to give yourself some time so oh yeah um and i almost and, give uh, myself too much time because like i'm one of those 
I don't know, it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but like lazy but smart people. Like I got so used to just like skating by on the bare minimum that that's just pretty much the standard I've applied to my whole life. So like I pretty much try to get away with doing as little work as possible in a day while still also accomplishing something. So, yeah. I mean, when I was when I was thinking about my ideal co-host for this podcast, I thought I need to find someone who's lazy but smart. And yeah. and you well, just you found me, you just, found your girl. I was going to say I, and then I was like, oh, "Allison." Yeah. And so I so, am both of those things, but especially lazy. <laughs> I was going to say especially smart, but okay, you're especially lazy. So, um all joking aside, you're fantastically smart. I love you. Um moving forward, I just wanted to say before we get into this episode, and you'll see there that when there was a moment of silence, I panicked and filled it. You gibbered. I don't know if gibber, gibber is gibber a verb. It gibber? Is I don't know. But you'll see that there was a moment of silence and I just, I hit the switch and thought, well, why don't I go 150 miles an hour? And then I spoke uh, probably nonsense. I can't even remember what I said, but it was certainly because silence was looming and I was panicked. So there you go. This is a perfect transition into today. And we'll see if I can actually handle moments of silence. Um, before we get into this episode about silence, which I'm actually really excited to talk about because it, this is something which dominates my life, the anxiety about silence. Um, but before talking about silence, I wanted to use my voice to thank everybody again for ratings, shares, any of that stuff. And to um, just remind people that if they want to keep sharing, uh, we will keep being happy about it. And uh, the second thing I wanted to say is something that we always share before we get into this. And that's this is a podcast um, where, you know, we're thinking of humor and uh, talking about our issues, honestly, to let people know that um, perhaps there are other people out there like them and, and, and also understand that we're, we're all in this together. But unfortunately, you and I don't have our doctorate just yet. And so that means just that around um, the corner. Just around the corner, we're going for it. Um, but but it, it does mean that people who are looking for or might you know need a little bit of extra help should should look to professionals for that. Um, but we will do our best to keep smiles going and to um, provide verbal pats on the back if that's a thing. And you can also just laugh at our own expense. That's pretty much what we're here for. Exactly. That's um. I think that's that sums it up pretty well. Feel free to laugh at us um, because we can't see you. Um, or hear you. But if you do leave a review, just let us know if you laughed at us or not. So um, let us get started um, with I'm anxious about silence. Is there a place that you wanted to start? And I'd prefer if you didn't have a silent gap uh, when you answered this question. I just wanted to ask if you wanted to just take a quick moment of silence before we before we started just to, you know, center ourselves and think. Um, I mean, I don't want to yell this, but but no. <laughs> Okay. Uh, right. I would like nothing less than that. <laughs> um, and I would prefer if we could move forward efficiently and quickly. Okay. Uh, and have no Emphasis more, on no quickly. More okay. So I just wanted to ask, because this is more your anxiety than mine. What is mm. it about silence that so terrifies you? Because I have my own situations in which I don't like silence, but then there are situations in which I love silence. Like, I want a mainline silence. I think, All I yes. want is silence. <laughs> mainline silence. <laughs> so I should, I should, I should first state that you know I have, I I do understand the value of silence, and I and I've come such a long way in the last decade, really, in in my appreciation or or at least warming up to the value of silence, but it's still a struggle for me, and I think what 
the reason that I have a hard time with silence is because I've always felt like the way that I'm processing things or, or uh, my own inner voice is loud to me um, mm-hmm. and, and, and quite frankly, never stops. And I think that's the mixture of ADHD and anxiety that I, it kind of feels like I'm always kind of writing a script in my head. And I don't know whether other people are processing things and not, they don't have a loud internal monologue, but for me, it's, it's really quite loud. And, and I find that it's better for me in some ways to, to have that, that monologue just, just muted a little bit or turned mm-hmm. down a little bit. And that, that often means for me that like having music on or a fan or something else is really helpful for me. And, and the, the problem is that if I don't have something going on in the background and I just have silence, I will look for like the tiniest little noises that <laughs> nobody else could hear. And I'm like, and like Bree's like fast asleep. And I'm like, Bree, did you hear that? And it's like, it was like, we're staying at a BNB and like somebody three, four floors below us, like quietly filled up their mug of tea. And I'm just like, oh, you know, because I almost sit there like, almost alert alert as if a robber might break in yeah like for the record chris has had to stop recording this podcast because he could hear his wife clipping her fingernails in the other room so this is true i can attest to that (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 this is very true and it's like i'm not even overblowing this i mean in the same way that you you know, at first when it was like we were talking about bananas, people were like, I don't know, you know, and then by the end of it, they're like, OK, she's legit anxious about bananas. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, silence is the big one. That's the big one for me. Um, you know, I, like even as a kid, like I couldn't even study without uh, having a show on in the background. And in all seriousness, like one big thing for me that has always helped is to have sports on in the background. So mm-hmm. if I have to do a task. I'll often, it's something I don't necessarily want to do, but it has to get done. I'll often wait till like 7.30 when the puck drops or, or whatever sport starts. And then I have that sport, the sports on in the background. And it's almost like a soothing, like, oh, you're part of something bigger. Like society's going on at the same time. Like you're still part of all of these worlds, you know, as it were. Did you just say when the puck drops? Yeah, I'm Canadian, remember? Yeah, that was the most Canadian phrase that has ever come out of your mouth. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. Um, yes. I mean, I just don't even know how to refute that. I think that was pretty Canadian. (laughs) So when the puck drops and you just got that cold maple syrup in hand. Um, so I almost always have a strategy to make sure it's not fully silent and it's, and often noises are like, a. kind of like a a friend. I mean, like, like I've always loved music and I think it's because, I've always connected deeply with music, but also because it's prevented those moments of, of silence. Like I, I almost always have music going. Like you can ask Brie, I, the time, the amount of times I'd have something, usually I'll write the first paragraph of an article without music and then the rest of it, it's, it's game on. But there's a lot of things we can unpack from that, but that's yeah. the, uh, that's the, uh, the initial onset. I think I probably went through like four or five points there, <laughs> but um, we'll return back to it. Um and thankfully, we won't have to be silent about it. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we just so, prevented the potential for silence very effectively within those couple of minutes that you were just speaking. So well done. Uh, thank you. Avoided. Yeah. So you, exactly. So feel feel free to to unearth any of that if you spotted anything there that you wanted to really dive into. I mean, let's have at her. But I, I don't know. Again, that was a small yet loaded diatribe on silence there so you might be able to pick something up better than i can to dive into yeah i think 
you know, for me, my relationship with silence is a little different. Um, like I'm perfectly cool with silence unless I'm really actively trying to avoid something essentially. So I pretty much there are two scenarios, three scenarios in which silence freaks me the fuck out. Uh, one of those <laughs> is like obviously related to social situations and having like a joke met with silence or just, you know, having nothing to say in a group of people. Um, the <laughs> next being I need to have music while I'm going about my daily activities because I want to eliminate the potential for small talk. And I just feel like having headphones and just being like, I'm not participating in society. You can't see me basically is just, that's kind of like my armor personally. So like my husband will laugh at me because I'm like, I need the headphones to go walk the dog. He's like, you're just going to be walking the dog. Like you can't go 30, 40 minutes without listening to something. I'm like, are you insane? Oh my 30 might to try- 40 minutes? Yeah. Someone might try to oh. talk to me. Like I need those. Like, <laughs> And the worst is when you clearly have your headphones in and someone tries to talk to you anyway. And it's not like to tell you that your hair is on fire, that there's some sort of emergency. <laughs> I'm like, And I wear my headphones a lot because I live in a country where I don't speak the language very well because I don't intend to live here very long. And so, like, part of the reason why I like wearing headphones is because, like, it prevents the potential to, like, you know, have to go into, uh, yeah, yeah, like, Negavorian Bulgarski, <laughs> yeah, I don't speak Bulgarian, <laughs> like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like, I've done that so many times, and I'm, like, slightly ashamed each time, but I also don't care because I don't plan on living here very long. So it's just, like, I want to just cut that interaction off at the source so headphones thus music becomes very or podcasts become very important to the armor um Mm -hmm. and then the last being falling asleep because i have tons of anxiety about falling asleep really struggle with it and i used to always watch netflix before i went to bed um but that would just keep me up because i'd get too engrossed in whatever i was watching and so now i listen to podcasts every night before sleep but like I don't know. It's not super effective either because I usually end up either listening to podcasts about politics or murder. So those are not exactly conducive (laughs) to bedtime sleepy thoughts. Um, But at least it's not silent. So, you know, take take some, lose some. No, win some, lose some. Yeah, win some, lose some. Take some, lose some. You'll notice as I continue with this podcast that I mix my metaphors constantly and it can just be like a little Easter egg that you're always looking for because I'm always mixing up my metaphors and like mashing two up together. Um, my best one was like when I mix up don't stir the pot and don't rock the boat. And that somehow came out don't stir the ocean. So <laughs> Another great one was when I combined like go for it and do it and it came out go for it. So, or no, do for it, do for it, do for it. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm do you, just always. Do you realize the irony of you? You just mixed, you just messed up the mix up of the metaphor. God, <laughs> I can't even, mix, I can't even mix things up correctly. It just, it I thought just, you were gonna say go fuck yourself. So I'm happy you said go for it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's not a metaphor, or like that's not even like a, a turn of phrase. Oh, I guess it is a turn of phrase. Yeah, yeah. I guess oh dear. It is a turn of phrase. We, yeah, we got sidetracked, but at least we yeah, weren't exactly. 
at least we yeah, were exactly, silent. Exactly. Exactly. We can always bring it back to that. Yeah. There's a few things. I think we've touched upon a number of different uh, roads that we should go down in talking about silence. And I think probably the first one to talk about probably something that a lot of people can relate to, or at least I can relate to in in spades, is just the idea of, of silence in social situations. And so for me, I have absolutely no problem with silence in social situations uh, when I know the people well. When people know me well, like, you know, I'm happy to go hiking and just not say a word the entire time or go camping or whatever. When I have a level of comfort with people, silence really doesn't bother me because I know that they already know who I am. And it's, and I guess in a strange sense, I'm like, I kind of feel like I don't have anything, need to prove anything else. They've known me for like 10 years or whatever. When it's in, with new people, I, I really just struggle with silence. I, I think it's like my natural inclination to, to want to make some sort of indelible impression. Um, and it's, <laughs> And like, really, I mean, I think it comes, it comes from, I think it comes from a deep seated place of like wanting, wanting to be liked, you know, but I, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it really, I, I don't think that's actually where it comes from. I, I think it's because I'm, I actually am really curious about what people are like. I'm, I spend most of my conversations at first, just asking people questions and getting to know them. And, and I'm fascinated by people, but at the same time too, if they don't have like the answers for those questions, um, I can fill that space a little bit, but it does like, I, I do start to panic. I do start to like think two or three responses ahead. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? What if there's silence? And, and really that can lead me to a ridiculous place. Cause like, you know, I'll probably point out something like observational, like we'll run into things to say. And I'm like, did you see that sign over there? And they're like, that's, that's a stop sign, Chris. And I'm like, yeah, very, very red, a very red stop sign. <laughs> I tend to fill any awkward silence with extremely self-deprecating humor to the point where it's like, <laughs> that is something I don't need to know about you. You know, like I'll just take it to like the weirdest possible place in just a desperate attempt to like have it not be quiet. And then I'm just like, and then I spend like the next 45 minutes being like, why did you say that? Like, mm-hmm. that's the weirdest thing possible that you could have said. And you just said that just because you couldn't have there be silence in the social situation. Like, I can't think of a good example, but I will just beat myself up for it so much. But at the moment, it's like, I need to blurt it out because I don't know. I guess I just try to use humor to like diffuse the tension from situations, even if it's yeah. just perceived tension that doesn't exist because the situation is actually rather neutral. But like yeah. I see it as being threatening because I'm terrified of small talk and just meeting new people in general is frightening for me in a lot of a lot of the time. Um, so I just usually just like weaponize my own self as like a weird way to fill the silence at my own expense and just say extremely weird things just because I'm like, well, it's better than an awkward silence, right? Which, better which to make ironic, a damn fool of myself. Which ironically brings out a moment of silence afterward. Does everyone yeah. contemplate that? And yeah. you're like, what? I didn't mean to do this. And I, I just <laughs> wanted to speak to the what you mentioned about, I think there's a real propensity with anxiety to take one comment, which would really be like a non sequitur or like not matter to anybody else. And then you just take it and you blow it up into this balloon in your head as something larger than life. And, and you decide that that comment, you know, changed the way that person felt about you or whatever and whatever. And I think as it relates to silence, like for me, if I get onto that track of like catastrophizing, I just find sometimes like something like music or a podcast or whatever will just politely take me onto a different track. And so it's like, it's not that I like, I do think there, I, I do really honestly believe there's value in silence and contemplation and that kind of stuff. But I also feel like for people who are naturally 
um, really, I want, I want to say, emo- I'll say emotionally charged. It, it can, it can work both ways. Like, you know, the, as far as like, if somebody says to me, if, so, if I say something to somebody and I'm in my own head about it for like half an hour and everyone else is talking and I'm still thinking about it, you know, sometimes like a good song or something like that can take me off the loop, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I don't listen to music as much as I honestly should. I tend to get like super fixated on one album at a time and then that's all I want to listen to for like a month. And then I probably will introduce a new album into the rotation for like another two months or something. I don't know. I kind of go through weird phases with music. Um, But then it's like it becomes like a very like safety blanket for me. Um, something that I can always go back to, but it's not something that I constantly put on. Like a lot of the time, back when you know people left the house. Um, <laughs> remember those days, Chris? Um, no. Okay. Well, there was a time. I think the year was 2019 when okay. people would actually leave the comfort of their own house. Um, to go to a place called the outside and they would go the to a outside. place called work and okay. then they would come home from work. Right. Except right. I didn't actually do this because I've always been an introvert and a free, well, not always been a freelancer, but I freelanced for the last four years. So a lot of the times like I'd be at home, my partner would come home and from, it, the, outside. from the outside, from the, from the mythical outside, which right has only been hypothesized in the year 2020. And um, he would come back and be like, are you, are you just, are you just sitting here? Like, what, what are you doing? And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, just on my phone or just, you know, was just on the internet. Wasn't listening. To- he would be very perplexed why it would be silent when he came home. Cause he's always listening to music and stuff or like has a show going on. But I genuinely like, having silence when I'm alone. It's more like silence is armor against people and sleep. <laughs> it's, or, it's wait, the lack of silence rather. The lack yeah, yeah, of silence what... is armor against people and sleep. Yeah, that's yeah, I I understood you. I was with you, but I guess for the audience that's probably good to to mention that. But I think it it's funny because I actually think of, of music as armor in the sense of, or ammunition in the sense of like, I have a whole playlist called While Working, where I have like, I'll, I'll put on like creative thinking music is, is one playlist I like, or, um, you know, uplifting instrumentals or whatever. And I find that um, music for me is, is a way that I'm, I almost feel like I'm cheating the system emotionally in the sense that like, if I'm feeling down or something like that, and I put on uplifting uh, I play this called like uplifting thinking music or, or uplifting instrumental music or ambient focused or calm and focused or these are like legit plays I listen to chilled jazz. You have very different taste in music, I feel. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I have a very eclectic taste in music. I like I have, I mean, I have an ungodly amount of playlists that I that I listen to and peruse and and uh, I had an iTunes list at least that had 200 gigs of music and almost all of it was rated and like listened to it. And I would listen to new yeah. albums and rate them like it was, it was aggressive. I but just want to take a random sidetrack to be, I want to talk, wanted to mention the first time I like saw an iPod and I was like, Oh my God, this is so stupid. Why would anyone use an iPod? You can just use a Walkman. 
And I just I just thought about that and I just had to interrupt the 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 pleasant flow of this podcast to Thank you. just burst in with a random yeah, I, memory that I, I appreciate probably that. just yeah. cut out because that was not <laughs> it didn't have the payoff that I hoped it did. <laughs> No, you have to you have to keep it in because that was the closest thing I was I was gonna feed you silence there. I was gonna be like, um a walkman. It's like, well, thank you for offering that decidedly ambivalent point. Um going 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 back to what I was talking about, the <laughs> Oh dear. That was fit. You have to you have to keep it in now, but now I we naturally have to move forward. <laughs> I've snorted twice too. Um, so we have to keep those in as well. But anyways, I think uh, you're on I think you're on edit duty for this one, so you can make the final decision. <laughs> so anyways, um, I was just gonna highlight and underline the the power of music and that, but I but I do also want to recognize that there is value in Soundset that I am starting to to recognize, but I think for me and which and, it, and it's it's something that's gonna keep recurring in general for me, but I, I tend to get anxiety around things that I lack control over. So the idea of staying in a hotel where there's like a crick or a creek or something like that, or an air conditioner that's taking like that bothers me. However, at home I can sleep with a fan on and it, and it's fine. And it's the same thing kind of for, for meditation for me. Like I meditate every morning. I can't do it silently, but I've listened, I use an app called 10%. It's great. I really like it. And there's different, there's a lot of different um, sessions that are guided that are to do with anxiety, to do with all. And I, I can really almost match my mood to what I need from that guided meditation. And it can be five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. But I find I can deal with silence if it's what I'm aiming for, if there's an objective to it, if there's a payoff to it. But like, so I understand inherently that there's going to be a 15 minute guided meditation and that's going to provide me with some pockets of silence that are going to be reflective and I'm going to do my breathing and whatever. But like, if you told me to walk outside for 15 minutes without podcasts on, I'd be like, that's blasphemy. Yeah. Why do you hate me? Why are you assigning me that horrible task? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, so I know that it's something we wanted to touch upon was, was meditation because you, you know, that's the, when we're talking about being anxious about silence, I think uh, meditation is something that gives people anxiety. And I'm newly found med- meditator. I mentioned this prior, but I, I read uh, the book Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics by Dan Harris, who d- also runs this 10% app. And uh, and Jeff Warren, I think, is the other guy who's on it. And I, I really like it, but it's the first time I've found consistent practice where I'm like doing it every single day and I'm really enjoying it. And I think I'm getting a payoff out of it. But I figured we should speak a little bit, if we're going to talk about being anxious about silence, about meditation, because um, I think it's a key tool or a key thing to consider for for anxiety or people yeah. with anxiety. I find meditation excruciatingly painful. And that's not to say that I doubt the benefits of it. And it's not to say either that I haven't at times been able to reap the benefits of it, but it is excruciating for me to try to meditate and to 
push away thoughts because I understand now that it's like, okay, the thoughts come and go. That's okay. Like passing clouds, whatever, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I just, I'm like a dog chasing after an ice cream truck with a thought. So I'm like, no, I like that thought. I want to think about that thought. You're saying I can't think about that thought? Well, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. How has it only been 48 seconds? This is five minutes of of meditation and it's only 48 seconds. And I thought I was going to be able to do five minutes, but it's... I'm I'm done and I'm done and it's like I'll I'll pick sometimes I'll even pick the shortest meditation possible just to be like I'm picking a short meditation with the intention of finishing it and I will self-sabotage to not even be able to finish that five minute meditation when like of course I'm perfectly capable of sitting somewhere for five minutes not doing anything do you do guided meditation yeah I do guided ones and it's like even if they talk the whole time I want to think about my thoughts and ignore them like I think you know what it is? It's because like I have a pretty strong rebellious side that doesn't like to listen to what people say. I'm quite stubborn. And so there's like a very obstinate part of me that's like resisting the meditation process. And and it's literally very like it's very um, direction focused. It's like close your eyes, do this, do that. And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm going to think about whatever I want. For as long as I want, I'm not going to let the thought go. If I want to think the thought, I'm just going to think it and you can't stop me. So one, I mean, I th- that's all valid to me, by the way. I, it took me, I don't know, so long to get comfortable with meditation. And and the truth is, I'm like, even if you look at it now, like I've just gotten over the first hill and in front of me is like 74 Everest. So like I, we have a long way to go, but I'm enjoying it now for the first time. And part of that for me is like the, it's the most simple technique is just that when I breathe in, I just note in. And when I breathe out, I note out. And when I get distracted, I just note thinking. And, and then like I come back to whatever I was thinking about and I, I get off track all the time. But uh, I, I had heard a, like a meditation teacher at one point say something along the lines of like, in fact, like when you catch yourself, like that's actually meditation. So like you, it used to be that I'd catch myself drifting off and I'd be like, look at you, Chris, you're an invalid. You can't do this. Like you, you can't, you can't even stop your thoughts, you know, which, which for me is just true. I can't stop my thoughts. I like sort of turned it around so that instead of hating myself because I was getting off track, I started to like pat myself on the back for catching myself yeah. getting off track. And it was super helpful. So like now really and I'll be honest with you, like I, I still struggle with like the 15 minute meditations, like five minutes, 10 minutes kind of works for me. When I get to like the 12 minute mark, I'm still like not there yet where I'm fully comfortable with that. But like just getting back to like the in out and just anchoring myself to the breath is really helpful for me. Like when I first started meditating, I, w- I was overcompensating like my in and out breath to the point where like by the end of it, I was like a little lightheaded because I was like, I wasn't getting enough air. I was like, <laughs> like it was... It was uh, like a problem. So were you being like that douche in the yoga class who's like, uh, as they breathe out? (laughs) (laughs) No, because I'm just by myself in my room and often my cat's on the bed and he would give me shit for it. But uh, no, and and that's a coach is a real charmer. Such a legend. Um, Yeah. and, And the other thing too is like I, for a long time, I have a hard time separating people from practice. So like I knew so many, you know, excuse my friends were like, douchebags who were these like hardcore meditators who are and and yoga fanatics and stuff and they just would not ever stop 
talking to me about how their lives were better than mine because they meditated and did yoga. And I was like, okay, like, I don't want to go down this path because I, in my head, I was like, I'm instantly going to morph into one of these people. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm wearing Lululemon pants. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> which I understand are very comfortable actually. But I, but I mean, joking aside, like I just, I had this idea in my mind that, well, to start meditating opened up all these doors and I'm not a meditator. I'm not this. And then I started to realize like, I was just boxing myself in by not trying to explore it. And, and now I think it's really helpful only because I feel like I'm a little bit more self-aware in the sense yeah. that like, I'm like now when I'm heading into an anxious tailspin, I I'm almost able to be like, Hey Chris, like you need to go for a walk, buddy. Like you, mm-hmm. I can, you, you're not going to be able to overcome this without getting a little energy out. And yeah. so it's just helping self-awareness is so crucial with anxiety. And so I feel mm-hmm. like that's been a huge benefit for me, but at the same time too, I'm not speaking from a place of success. I'm speaking from a place of like continued practice and I still have so far to go, but I, I would say it's helpful. Yeah. I think it's, important to be able to sort of flip the circuit breaker on your anxiety and just to like be like nope that is crazy thinking let's 100%. let's take a breather let's take a shower let's do something let's get physically moving or changing something because what's happening right now in your brain is exactly what your brain wants to be happening, which is craziness and like yeah. <laughs> and just just absolute chaos. And so I think it's important. And part of that is can be whether you want to attribute that to like mindfulness or self awareness or whatever. There's also an element of like you have to recognize it, but you also have to have the will as well because there are times where like I recognize it, but I'm like enjoying my own not pity party, but like let's just say. No, anxiety fiesta whatever the fuck and just like <laughs> did, did you just say an anxiety fiesta i did i did amazing we, like i just think down the line if this community becomes big enough we need to have a celebratory anxiety fiesta um and i i know you and i had jokingly not jokingly we had talked seriously actually about starting a little facebook community or something like that we should. We should call it We're Anxious About because it's all of our little anxious minions. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say we should call it Anxiety Fiesta. I was like, no. <laughs> we could have it in parentheses or maybe in the te- like in the like Facebook group description. Like, we're anxious about an anxiety fiesta for insane people. <laughs> we need to – for the hardcore listeners uh, after – 10 days of release or whatever we need, we need to, we need to have that joke somewhere, the anxiety fiesta, but I, all joking aside, anxiety, anxiety fiesta. merch, anyone, <laughs> is it too early to be talking about merch? <laughs> I want to have like tablecloths that are pre-prepared for birthdays that just say anxiety fiesta. Well, and welcome then just to like, my anxiety fiesta. And then just like, some of this is like, if you can read this, there are too many people being silent. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! I uh, I I think we need to we we we're doing that. We're we're creating merch, and one's <laughs> one's gonna say it's gonna be like a I don't know a, a face of somebody who's like holding some sort of musical instrument, and it's just like like a perhaps like a hand drum, and it's like welcome to my anxiety fiesta. Oh gosh. <laughs> 
Uh, we just have to make sure we don't culturally appropriate that. Yeah, I, I, I was already starting to to panic slightly about that. I'm like, is that okay? How, is like fiesta? Yeah. As we went okay? down that further down yeah. that path, I was like, I, you know, I was like, if that shirt ha- could, you know, no maracas or sombreros. I was gonna say like no that. maracas, no. Yeah, we're not no. we're not looking for cultural appropriation there. I'm happy we pulled back, put yep. the brakes on. Oh, yep. We'll find a way to. The to horses' reins pulled back. Just. Is that another cultural appropriation? Yeah. What are you doing? No, the horses reign. It's just a freaking horse. Everyone has horses. It's okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm happy we've. <laughs> are you are you speaking ill of the horses? They, you know, for all of our horse listeners, I apologize for Allison. Uh, well, I'm happy that we just went so far off track. Yeah. Oh my god. That was They're going to be like, wow, these people—they really are afraid of silence because they will talk about anything <laughs> oh, just, if they can put two words together and just vomit it out of their mouths they just they just will do it they don't care fantastic um so one thing i want to sweep back to um just because it seems like now might be a good time just to rein it in as you yeah, said i think we're um, not very adept at keeping to any sort of structure this is what makes us unique yeah, this is what makes us unique. <laughs> you just got to throw it. When you when you think about it, you just got to throw the lasso and hit that thought. There we go with my random metaphors again. I was going to say, did you watch a Western recently or something? Like, <laughs> not. I not. I don't know. You just got to saddle up and go for the ride down the dusty road. I'm just like, I um. don't know where. But, you know, this is so – this happens to me all the time where it's just like – I get on this like one thought and then all my speech patterns are just continuing on with this thought. They just like won't let it go. And sometimes I won't be able to let like 10 words of a song go. And there was like, there was one (laughs) day, there was one day where it was almost like I was possessed and I couldn't stop (laughs) singing the song Murder on the Dance Floor. I don't think that's what it's actually called. Let me see what it's actually called. Um, yeah, no, it is called Murder on the Dance Floor by the Queen, Sophie Ellis Baxter, who I don't think ever released another song, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Sophie, if you're listening. Um, but it was like, <laughs> I was like truly possessed by her spirit and could not stop singing it the moment there was silence. Does that ever happen to you? Or am I the only person possessed by 80s wonders? No, 100%. 100% um, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I could never tell whether that was more related to ADHD or anxiety, but I I will get caught on a track, like a song, and it will just replay in my head over and over again. And I'll almost like be moving or dancing to it. And Bree's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah, it's almost like I'll, I'll be moving to it and to, to the beat, like very much the beat of my own drum. And Brie will come in and be like, what's going on? You know, and I'll be like, and she's like, no one else hears the song. You know, like you, you are, you're just hearing the song and it'll play all day. I make up songs all the time and like sing them at Brie. And sometimes she's like, oh, that's like, that's funny and clever and like into it. And I'll just like kind of like sing it and dance it. And then I'll forget it eight minutes later or whatever. But it'll usually be pretty fun or whatever. But sometimes Brie will just be like, don't sing that again. (laughs) I think (laughs) that's one of the best things about having a pet is that it becomes socially acceptable to sing songs about them to them that make very little sense and usually just involve their name in increasingly Mm -hmm. long iterations over and over again to fill any silence that may exist in your home. Very useful. Yeah. So there's a silence and all of a sudden I'll do something. I'll be like, look at Kotu with his black white fur. He causes my heart to emotionally stir. 
you know, and you're like, um, what? <laughs> so, Brie would be like, I don't, yeah, okay, all right, moving yeah. forward. Um, and and to be fair, that's that's not a song I've ever sung before. Um, I'm at least a four as far as embarrassment <laughs> for the being out in the public, but I feel like it serves to show what I'm yeah. capable of, uh, both for better and worse. I feel like the longer I own a pet, the longer their name becomes, and it's like. I can't stop giving new additions to the name. Mm-hmm. So yep. my dog, Rocky, we we flirted with the name Piggy for a while because he grunts a lot. But then we decided, like, <laughs> we're not vegan, so it's kind of fucked up to call him Piggy because it, like, implies we might eat him. I don't know. That was my train of thought. Couldn't call him Piggy. So then, like, Rocky became like Rockstar, which became like Rockaroo, Rockarino. It just gets more and more bizarre. And now it's like I've been possessed by Rockarino yeah. and I can't stop calling him that. It's like this poor dog. He has no idea what his damn name is because I just keep cooing various sounds and syllables at him. And he just looks at me like, good God, do you ever shut the hell up? Like I'm trying to sleep and I'm like, Rockarino. You're the best. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I couldn't think of any rhymes. I'm sorry. I don't have that. Like, you know. No, that's okay. I think that was that was better <laughs> when we consider uh, what I said. But I, 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 I'm with you. I mean, I call Kotu, Kotidler. Um, we call him, for some reason, Beanie. Oh, that's cute. Um, I don't know. And all kinds of different names. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of all about the different names I like. I'll, I'll go pretty wild with it. I like nicknames and just having fun with language in general, but I do agree that having an animal gives you serious license to, to play around with that. And fill silence, extremely important. Exactly. <laughs> so um, one thing I wanted to make sure that we touched upon before we wrapped it up, uh, because we've gone on all these uh, diversions, jeez, um, actually, which I, I, all joking aside, I feel like that's what makes this podcast so much fun. So I'm I think for me, the, 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 the really big anxiety I have around silence is, is sleep. And I just want to touch quickly upon, I'm sure this is a common thing for people with anxiety. And I think it has to do a lot with building up that anxiety towards sleep. It all kind of feeds itself. And you're like, oh my gosh, sleep. But I, I have found that there's two sides of this coin. So on the one hand, if I'm sleeping, if I'm camping or whatever, like I'm, there's nothing I find more therapeutic than sleeping in a tent with just the sound or lack thereof of the forest, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just like being sort of in the cradle of that. Uh, on the other hand, at my apartment or whatever, like I would need a fan yeah. on to go to sleep. Um, and the and, But I find the fan sort of soothing and melodic in a way too. And I'm guessing probably anyone who's listening to this who's a fan of podcasts is probably going to have some familiarity with what you do, which is listen to podcasts before bed. I mean, I know a lot of people who don't have anxiety listen to podcasts before bed, but I, I just wanted to talk briefly about like, what's your relationship to to silence and sleeping? Do, is it something that like, would you be able to sleep in a fully silent room? Do you like some noise? Um, and I guess any tips for folks who are um, in the panic yeah, vortex, panic what do we say vortex. at the beginning? Yeah. I can sum up my relationship with sleep and silence in one word, and that's animosity. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no tips coming from this section. Yeah. No, so pretty much, I kind of have to like, basically, my brain is like a dog that needs to be like vigorously exercised before falling asleep. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it's like a one-year-old husky who will not give you like a second of fucking peace unless it goes on a (laughs) two-hour hike. That's basically my brain. 
And so for me, it's like, it's almost like I have to run my body to the point of physical exhaustion to just shut off my brain. And then it's like, oh, to continue the computer metaphor, um, which is like, it's just like almost like I need my body to run out of battery to f- quit the program that is my brain. Um, that actually worked way better than I thought. That was... I thought you were going to be like, you know, like when you bring the horse to the trough and the water. And like, no, I, I kept <laughs> like, my, metaphor, you know I kept my metaphor clean and tidy and it did not mix. It was spectacular. No Western references crept in there. It was, it was great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> now that I've successfully congratulated myself on completing a sentence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sleep, right? Um, okay, it sucks. I love to be asleep when it happens. Like, and then I don't want to leave sleep in the morning because I'm like, well, I finally got here. Please don't make me go. But it's so painful for me getting there. So I guess a couple things have sort of helped. Um, and I would say, uh, like, just in general, like CBD oil has been super helpful for my anxiety. So not a doctor, but I have found it to be quite useful for sort of helping me relax my brain. I don't know if it'll work as well for everyone else, but I found CBD oil to be quite useful for me. And I'm someone who like my brain short circuits at even the site of the initials THC. It does not work with my brain chemistry whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but CBD oil has been quite good for my body, um, my brain and sort of winding it down for sleep. Um, that has helped quite a bit. Um, another thing that has helped is yeah, like switching screen time for like listening time, because like I mentioned before, Mm. I used to watch, a lot of Netflix late at night being like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, like, fall asleep watching these shows, which, like, when has that ever happened? Like, <laughs> maybe twice in my life. And usually it's because I, like, actually, like, did something active that day and I'm going to, like, pass out regardless of what I do. It's incredibly rare that I, like, will fall asleep watching a movie. And, like, I envy people who can just, like, just, like, pass out on the Me couch. Too. Just, like what the fuck happened to you? Who hit you over the head with the sleep hammer? And can they come and just, <laughs> yeah, like, knock me out, please? Like. <laughs> can you please come back here with your yeah, pen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say what you were saying there just really reminded me of the fact that I, I think um, in a lot of ways, combating, at least for me, combating some of the anxiety I have often involves creating routines that sort of com- combat that that very anxiety. So for example, I make a point, like now that I'm, especially now that I'm in Toronto so consistently and can definitely carry this out, like I make a point of reading every night before bed. And in my head, I know that when I'm on the couch, like Bree's usually asleep, I got a book and I'm just reading. Like I know that the process is like I, I read and that's like two steps before sleep. And then like I write, um, I write uh, in like the five minute journal and I write down like three things that went well that day and one thing I could go better the next day. And then I know I'm like one step away from sleep. And then I go to bed and I know it's not the best practice, but I check Reddit on my phone before I go to sleep. And I just find like, that's just part mm-hmm. of my process. I've built it in. It doesn't seem to affect me too poorly. But again, like it's almost like 
I'm doing whatever else. And then when it hit, when I start, when I like lie on the couch and start reading, I'm starting a process, which is communicating to my brain. Like we are, we are gearing up for yeah. sleep. Like routinizing that seems helpful for me in the same way as like maybe you're t- like using CBD oil and then you're watching something, but like in your mind, you're like preparing yourself mm-hmm. for that sleep. And I think that you can get into trouble when it's like, like I get into trouble personally, like, I don't know about you, but like on an overnight train or an overnight plane, when I need to sleep, like when that pressure for sleep is there, it's like, it's, oh, it's yeah. horrible. Oh, it's the worst. Um, it's the worst. Like a red eye flight. Sometimes it works out great and you actually can sleep. Usually if I've sufficiently hit the right cocktail of uh, prescription medication and complimentary wine, which again, definitely <laughs> not a doctor. <laughs> Not a recommendation. <laughs> certainly not a recommendation. <laughs> Underline, exclamation mark, highlight, not yeah. recommended. Hippocratic oath violation <laughs> if I were a doctor. Um, but yeah, I usually cannot sleep on any moving object except randomly a bus. I think it's just like there's something about the lack of air circulation on a bus. It's just like, oh, slight carbon dioxide poisoning falling asleep right now. I just love that you said moving object and not transportation. Like I just pictured you flying around on like a random craft or like just any random object, you know, a flying water bottle or something. Just like, here we go. I mean, you know, you know that's, that's how I get around. What can I say? I'm green. You know, I'm trying to avoid the greenhouse gases and carbon emissions. So, that's you know, yeah, just saddle up on that water bottle. Here we go, you know, fly, uh, taking off in the world on the water bottle. I just said saddle up exclusively to set you up to make fun of me for using a Western metaphor again, Chris. You let me down. And and did I just repeat saddle up? No, you just didn't. You didn't acknowledge it. Devastating. Now I'm going to devastate you with like just a moment of disappointed silence. I guess the sun's setting on that joke. I thought that was Western. Yeah, it was. No. I was just trying to do my devastating moment of silence, but of course you just talked oh. right through it to, to have it not okay. exist. <laughs> I did. I just, I just questioned you. I was like, did that not appease you? Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, real, realistically, that's like silence doesn't work because it's just like, for me, I'll just keep yeah. poking you. I'll be like, hello, 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 yeah. hello. Have you yeah. been disconnected? Um, so, so there's that. Um, that I mean, that was a lot of what I wanted to talk about as it relates to silence. But I, I did also want to talk about the fact that, to me, that there's there's a a subtle irony to the fact that I think silence doesn't exist because for me, when I actually am experiencing silence, it, it sounds how can I say this uh, like vacuous and um, damning. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just kind of like it's like the sound of silence itself. It's the sound of God judging you. Like what is that? It, I think it's just like the sound of my. I, for some reason, it brings it back to like my own mortality, okay. where I'm just like, oh my. Like bananas like this, make me think of death. Apparently, I guess it all comes exactly back. right. It's supposed to at, at the root of it all, it's all death. I guess right. Well, I think you could put forth an argument that almost every novel show and anything in between does ultimately just it is ultimately just a a a variation of a reflection of our own consideration of death. But this is where Chris the philosopher comes out. Uh, put away the Kierkegaard, Chris. We're not at the beach. I was going to say, gotta put away, put that away, um, and uh, maybe be silent a little bit more about that topic. <laughs> 
anyways i mean i don't know if you can relate to that but do you, do you know what i mean yeah. like where like if every if everything is silence you're almost and it can be soothing sometimes too like i did a meditation retreat when i was living in korea and i actually Such found a travel that blogger, you. Um, i know I feel like it's like a rite of passage with travel bloggers. They need to have attended like a silent retreat. Exactly. But there, there, that silence was like, I don't know, maybe it made the gongs feel a lot more powerful, but it was, you know, cause it, it was breaking that silence in a sense. But anyways, I, I, I did a, appreciate that. And, and, but I did also notice that I don't think silence exists. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think for me, it's like, it is that if silence itself is a sound, then how can it be defined as a lack of sound? You know what I mean? Oh, wow. That's very tree fall in the forest of you. Isn't it? It is. It is. It's very, very unexpectedly deep from you, Chris, at the end of at the end yeah. of an hour. Like yeah. normally we're just spouting gibberish by now. I cocked up my pistols and took a shot. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I just want to say um, before I forget is like, Sometimes I do actually find that I seek out silence and that is part of sometimes why I have trouble sleeping is like because of like the schedule or lack of schedule that I've had with this pandemic and like being around my partner 24-7, like I crave that like time to myself that is simply like impossible to get when you like are sharing a house and are working from home, both of you and are just, you know, together every waking minute. I've actually found that it's kind of like exacerbated my insomnia a little bit because I seek out nighttime as like my time to sort of just like chill with my own thoughts and just sort of because in in a way for me, silence is like the permission to think my own internal monologue without having to feel compelled to respond to outside things that are taking me away from my inner monologue. And I don't know, I kind of like that. I kind of like just like going down whatever weird conversational rabbit hole my brain wants to have with my brain, you know? So for me, I kind of like my nighttime silence and sometimes that will make me actually like seek out staying awake a little too late because it's like that's my that's the time I can get to myself to just like let my brain do my brain thing and just you know shoot its pistol everywhere okay these are not coming naturally anymore this is just (laughs) yeah (laughs) the train has left the station don't (laughs) No, no. <laughs> um, I did. I did want to respond to the. I think that's actually really apt, and it's funny when you mention that. Actually, I do um, at, at night. I do read. I shut everything down and I read totally in silence. And then I, I do really appreciate that silence. And now that you mention it, I do actually stay up late because I, I really take solace. Kind of maybe it's like a Batman thing. Like when the city sleeps, I'm like I'm like perched upon a building, like you know, enjoying the silence. But it's. I do all, all jokes aside. I really, I really like that time, that period of time when everyone else has gone to sleep and I'm still awake, and I feel like I'm almost cheating yeah. the schedule. And since I don't work a nine to five, um, it really has become even more valuable to me. And as well, I mean, of course, I I love Rita Death as well. But when we're spending twenty four seven together, really, when she goes to sleep a little before me, that hour or two hours or whatever, it really is kind of like a sanctuary in some way I, I find i do some of my best thinking during that time same and i cherish it quite a bit actually now yeah. that you think about it we kind of always come to the point at, at the end of an episode where we do talk about 
the real crux of it. And I think like silence actually is really important. And um, silence for me used to feel like suspense and it like waiting for the next thing to happen or I needed to take action. And I'm becoming a lot better at realizing like silence is actually not only valuable, but um, actually really necessary because it, it turns out that, uh, and I know this just from friends in my youth, from my own personal experience, that like when you try to run away from your own internal dialogue with substances or whatever, just constantly blasting yourself with with um, bright lights and whatever and shows, whatever, and you never take time to reflect, that's when you can spiral out of control because you don't have self-awareness anymore. So you, like, you can't always run away from your internal monologue, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's so important to let your brain do its crazy brain thing and just, you know, pursue whatever weird things it needs to do. Like, that's part of your brain just sort of like exercising in a way. And it's just important to be able to, like I said before, sort of be able to also interrupt that. So like, you know, let you have to be able to sort of harness your brain's creative energy because it can be constructive but it can also definitely be super destructive at the same time so it's kind of a matter of like okay like you can control your brain to some extent so it's like how i'm gonna let you do this but i'm not gonna let you do that and it's kind of about like almost like setting limits with yourself in a way i don't know if that makes sense no, no, it does. It it does. I think, I mean, just to, I, if I can try to like summarize, I think what you're getting at and something at least struck me as really clear was that, um, you know, there, there are times when silence is going to be good for you and there's times when it won't. And yeah. it's, and, and most of it is just being self-aware enough to understand like, oh, right now, this is going to be a really good hour of thinking. Like I'm going to get a notebook and just embrace silence and just write down a few things or get organized or even just walk around a little bit in silence and it's going to be good for me. And there are other times when it's like, I really need to put on some music or a podcast and go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I call it, you know, like the, the gerbil effect, right? You got to hop on the wheel for a few minutes <laughs> and just like calm down a little bit. Um, I don't know if gerbils run on wheels or hamsters, but one I of them. I feel like it's Anyways. hamsters. I feel like gerbils don't exist. I think gerbils are a little lethargic. Do gerbils um, exist? Are they not just a hamster? What's the difference between a gerbil it, and a hamster? It's possible. It might be like uh, cilantro and uh, coriander. Whatever and coriander, where it's like they they do exist both apart and together because they're the same. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe we don't get into the. Uh, I'm worried I'm going to philosophize the gerbil hamster dichotomy. So <laughs> we'll move forward. But yes. um, anyways, I. I I think I had a point there pre-gerbil, but uh, (laughs) hopefully it came across. Yes. So let's start to move to wrap things up so that people can have their own moments of silence once we've shut our (laughs) damn mouths. Um, So we always finish the episode with something that we're patting ourselves on the back for. Uh, Could be in the previous week or just in general. And I don't have anything in mind, so I'm going to throw it on to Chris while I think of my answer. Chris? Yeah, so, well, firstly, if you don't have anything in mind, you can pat yourself on the back for that transition. Uh, <laughs> that was great. Um, I will continue to applaud you for them. Um, that was great. So I guess one thing I'm patting myself on the back for, I don't know, I don't really have anything in mind either, but I think it was a pretty good week. I think I've come a long way to accepting the reality we're in now as opposed to running away from it. I'm starting to feel like I'm doing a lot of important growing mentally. And I feel like there was a lot of things I was putting off 
that I probably needed a moment of pause and reflection and silence to work through um, in, in a positive way, you know, like just, I just, I didn't have time to deal with a lot of stuff and um, I'm happy almost to have a, I'm happy to have a, I mean, of course, you know, I should say objectively, I, I have grave concern for the health of others and for everything going on, but I'm trying to take steps. I, I think there was a moment there where I, I felt like I was going to be crushed by the weight of the situation. Yeah. And, uh, and now I'm, now that different projects I'm working on have been released and I, and I, I feel like I have a rhythm and emotion and I'm patting myself on the back for, um, for that. And, and also because I'm, I'm getting a lot better at this whole self-awareness thing. And on Tuesday, I was just like rambunctious and I just went for a huge bike ride and came back and I, I had a couple of beers and chatted with a few friends and didn't shame myself for that, you know, and I'm, I think I'm getting better at understanding what I need out of each day, but I have a long way to go. But I, I, I at least feel like I'm putting myself in a position to not spiral, you know, mm-hmm. that, that uh, for the most part, whenever I get a little bit thrown off course, um, I, I think it, I'm, I'm thankful there seems to almost be like, I'm, I'm like watching my own back a little bit now, which feels good. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Did that um, give you time? It did. Yeah. Uh, I just feel in general, like I've been struggling with like anger and frustration a lot more than normal because of this pandemic. Same here. Same here, by the way. Like my fuse is just like super short, super short. Mm-hmm. And I feel like almost everything I've done lately has been like an anger mm-hmm. reaction and I think I've gotten a little bit better about having an awareness that like my first reaction is usually coming from a place of like anger slash frustration and like taking a beat before I start to react. And I think I'm just getting better at sort of like catching myself in that pattern and trying because like I'm sure it's like an incredibly unpleasant <laughs> thing to live with. Um, <laughs> I am trying to catch myself in that more and just having a little more self-awareness of like where how I'm coming across to others where that response is coming from and like do I necessarily need to like have that response out loud or can it just be something that like I feel but don't like project so I feel like for whatever reason something kind of clicked in the past week and I'm acting a little less angry and frustrated with the world um Maybe that's just in my own head, but Isn't I, just, it all? I feel like I'm getting a little, <laughs> it is, it's all a dream. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> just end the podcast there. Um, oh my gosh, that was a problem. I mean, we really could. <laughs> that would, a good sum, would give someone say, some anxiety if we just ended yeah. there, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I'm just kind of moving through that that anger period to like the more acceptancy phase of whatever the yeah. hell this is. So I think that makes that, that's something that a lot of people are going to resonate with. I know for me too, for sure, I had a short fuse, and I had to be really active about stretching and meditating and exercising and so on and like you know the list goes on and on just to make sure that I'm not lashing out because it's it can yeah. be really easy to. Um, to create like what I call like false targets, you know, where like I'll, I, I'll, totally. I'll go and say something, which is like, it comes out, I'm angry at the situation, but you, you somehow 
you know, pass along that anger to your partner or whatever. And they're kind of like, what the hell are you doing? And then you're like, oh, okay, there's, well, exactly. there's, the, there's the target, you know, because they're, they're now yeah. questioning you for being angry. And you're like, and like, really what you're saying is like, of course I'm angry. This is insane. You know, but you, it comes yeah. out as like, you <laughs> would say that, you know, and, and yeah. you have to be really careful about that. I mean, the very fact that you are cognizant of that and aware of that, like, I mean, that's a something really positive in and of itself, right? Like just even if totally. you're not perfect about it, just understanding, hey, mm-hmm. this is something I need to work on. Like I, that's yeah. the big thing for me now. Like I know I have a long way to go to be the person I want to be, but I'm at least cognizant of what it looks like when I'm not being the person I want to be, you know? And exactly. that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing that too has been like complicating things is like I have a lot I have a lot of shit wrong with me. But, um, <laughs> this is where I want to come I, in I in kindergarten like, teacher you and be like, it's not wrong. It's just different. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my body is very different. And I feel a lot of pain like all the time, like different injuries getting reactivated or whatever. And sometimes it can be so hard. And I know a lot of people who struggle with mental health because I have depression as well as anxiety because I'm just a bundle of fun. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) a lot of that can manifest in like extremely like physical sensations and my anxiety as well because like a lot of it is like me constantly tense, like expecting like, I don't know, a dinosaur to drop out of the sky and attack me. I hate hate when that happens. (laughs) My fight or flight is always activated. So I feel like my my like body is always releasing all this like cortisol that makes me super tense all the time. So basically a lot of the time I'm in a bunch of physical pain and then it can be really hard to like not turn that into just like spraying rage all over the people around you, you know? So um, I guess just sort of, I'm learning to try to control the anger that comes from like the situation that we're in and anger with my body for not working the way I wish it did sometimes and all that. And just trying to be a kinder person, but it's yeah. hard because I'm a bit of a bitch. You're, I, I mean, all joking aside, I think you're a pretty wonderful person and I'm sure the people who are listening to this podcast will, will agree, but uh, you know, I, I am really hard on myself as well. And I think, I will say this. I mean, it's, it's a lot better. I, I really prefer to be hanging out with people who don't put themselves on a pedestal and realize they're not perfect rather than people who think they're perfect. So, Oh, yeah. Those people are terrible. You, you can continue continue to think you're a bitch even though you're not. And, <laughs> um, and I also want to comment that if we ever host a music festival, we need to have two bands called Anxiety Fiesta and Spraying Rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that's... I've I- always thought that, like, I would be really good. Like, when I was younger, I wanted my job to be the person who names nail polishes. I thought that would be the best job. But I think I'm really good at naming things. Like, if I had to pick one of, like, my top 10 most useless skills, it would be naming things. Good. Well, (laughs) I'm sure we can come back to that in another episode. For now, people are wondering if this will ever end. And so we'll give a hearty yes. Um, I will just say that uh, if, if people are looking to find me, they can find me on uh, Traveling Mitch across the media of social. Twitter especially is a good spot to find me. And yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty good. You can fire off an email to me too if you want at, at some point at chris at Um Yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, where can people find you? 
You can occasionally find me on social media at Eternal Arrival. I usually just lurk there. Um, but you can message me. I promise I'm nicer than I make myself sound. Um, you sound nice, Allison. Enough with the self-deprecation. <laughs> but it was silent, Chris. I had to fill it. Um, yeah, you can find me on my blogs um, or don't. It's fine. You can find us on our Facebook group that we just decided in the middle of this episode that we're forming called yep. We're Anxious About, yeah. where you can come and share whatever you're anxious about and just be surrounded by a bunch of weirdos like you and us, because weirdos are great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be and, like a positive and humorous space, not a place to be like, hello, darkness, yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Like, we we can't. We're, we're not going down that path. People. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a dark and dusty trail, Allison. <laughs> Yeah. Don't go down that road. Uh, I saw the sheriff go down that road. <laughs> he didn't come back. Okay. <laughs> and before I get that weird cow gun from No Country for Old Men, let's just sign off, Chris. <laughs> okay, everybody. Hope you'll come back next week. We love you. Bye. We understand if you don't, though. I'm sorry. That was all me, Chris. It wasn't It wasn't your silences. That was me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We'll see you on greener pastures. <laughs> and bye. <laughs> <laughs>